This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Um, I would just like us to to pray, uh, maybe just uh, one minute as um, we go into this. Let's just go ahead and just keep praying. Um, just one more minute. So today, um, like um, Lalo already mentioned, uh, we'll, be, we'll be teaching and then praying about um, our finances. Um, perhaps one of, the, one of the reasons where a lot of people have some issues because it's a very direct, um, it's a direct, as it were, benefit. It's a direct thing. It's a physical thing that must touch your hand in a manner of, in a manner of speaking. And this hinders a lot of people's work, hinders a lot of people's faith, and not just the lack of it. Sometimes it's um, not to the level at which people want because as we move, as we increase. Um, for example, there are some people, maybe in this meeting, that a millionaire, it's not the issue that they have. That's, that for them, they have that, but that's not what they think that God wants to do in their life. Um, perhaps they have a project that they want to have about 100 million to run, and then 1 million, what is that in the midst of so many? And everybody has these at different levels where... Uh, we need to suddenly do certain things and um, we just have to have a hand over our finances and we need the grace of God over this area. We can't gloss over it. We can't, we can't just um, allow things to just slide. It needs to be something that we put our whole hands and our whole life into. I know the Bible gives us um, and teaches us everything that we need to that we need to know really um bible says that god has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness um there's really nothing outside of god's word and that's what we're going to just um tabernacle around um he says that we should come boldly unto his throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help 
help in time of need. Uh, so we just trust God um, this evening to, as we go on in the session, um, to guide the teaching and also guide guide our prayers along these areas. Hallelujah. So what I'm going to do in the first um, few minutes is to try um, to establish certain things about our finances. And one of the first things that I would like to establish, I believe other um, persons might have also done this, is just to set the tone and then uh, we'll take it up from there. Ephesians chapter 1. First of all, we are blessed. We are blessed. Uh, we are not trying to be blessed. We are not trying to get there. We are blessed. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us. Who has blessed us. He has blessed us already. We are blessed. He says, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, that we should be separate and without blame, without blame before him in love. He said, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And this is the purpose, to the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise that this is what we are meant for. This is, this is the reason for our calling. This is what God wants, that we be to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So we are blessed. We are not trying to get blessed. So as we begin to pray this evening, we are not trying to get it. We are blessed already. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 13, it says, in a womb you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you have believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. He says, who is the earnest of our inheritance? So we are blessed. We have an inheritance in God. And the Spirit has been given when we believed. He was given to us. We were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise when we got born again. And he says, he is the earnest of our inheritance. He is the guarantee of our inheritance. Hallelujah. He says, unto the redemption of the purchased possession. He is the guarantee. We are sealed with the Spirit as a guarantee. So as we go every day, we have that guarantee with us. We know that we are blessed. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says, to an inheritance incorruptible, hallelujah. This inheritance that we have, we are blessed. This inheritance that we are blessed with, he says, is an inheritance incorruptible. It's an inheritance undefiled. 
He says, it does not fade away. Hallelujah. You cannot outrun it. You cannot outuse it. It does not fade away. There is not coming an end to it. He says, it does not fade away. This inheritance does not fade away. He says, reserved in heaven for you. He says, you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So we have an inheritance in him that is incorruptible, that is undefiled, that you cannot wish away, hallelujah, that does not fade away. He says, reserved in heaven. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Why is it in heaven? It's in a place where thieves cannot touch, hallelujah. It's in a place where men cannot tamper with. It's in a place where you can be assured. It's in a place where you can always beat your chest that is kept for you. You have an inheritance and that includes finances it's not limited to but includes finances we have an inheritance incorruptible hallelujah praise god ephesians chapter 1 read verse 17 and to 23 he says paul was praying and praying that our eyes come to see this inheritance comes to see these things that he's talking about this is acceptance in the beloved this way that he has brought us into himself he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, that you may know what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. There is inheritance in the saints. And he calls, he says, you may know the riches of his glory. The riches of the glories of his inheritance. It's too big. It's too massive. Hallelujah. It's innumerable. It's too big. He says that you may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards all who believe. Which is according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. You see that word again? In heavenly places, far above principalities and powers, and might and dominion, hallelujah, and every name that is named, whether in this world or in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, glory to God, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. Hallelujah. The fullness of him that fills all in all. Paul's prayer is that we come to the full knowledge of all these things, including our inheritance. That we come to know, and he describes to us how sure this inheritance is. He says he's in heavenly places where Christ is. He says, Christ, to know that this thing is so sure. The Bible says that Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's seated at the place of authority. In this place, nothing can be snatched from him. Hallelujah. Your inheritance, your finances cannot be snatched. Because Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He's seated in heavenly places. These places where he's sitting is far above all rule. Hallelujah. Is far above all rulership. Is far above. Is far above all rule and authority. Far above all power and dominion. 
is far above every name that can be conferred. It's far above all these things. It's far above this material world. That's what he's saying. He's so sure. He's far above all these things. He's far, there's nothing that can stop it from getting to you. There's nothing is yours. This inheritance is yours. He says in this position, all things are under his feet. He has put all things under his feet. He has put all things. I'm trying so that by the time you begin to pray, this is what you have in mind. Because this is what God wants us to know. That all things have been placed under his feet. And the reason why they are placed under his feet is for the sake of his body. He says it's for the sake of his body, the church. You see, Jesus never needed it, being God himself. Jesus never needed to win victory over Satan. He didn't need it. He was always God. He's not, he's not Satan's mate to have to need an authority or to get an authority over him. To say all power belongs to me, it was not necessary. But he did that for the sake of his body, the church. He did that for us as a man. Jesus got victory for us as a man. So in that he put all things under his feet, it's for the sake of man. It's for our sake. It's for the sake of our inheritance. He says he has done all this for his body. It's ours. It belongs to us. We are blessed. Hallelujah. And you see, we must rule. He did it for the sake of his body, the church. He did it for us. He seated at the right hand of God Almighty, Far above all things, far above this inheritance is so sure. Far above all things for the sake of the church. He gave him to be the head over all things for the sake of the church. We ought to rule as him. That's what God wants. We ought to rule as him. A life that is not doing that is not expressing him fully. That's who we are. We ought to, we ought to show that rule. We ought to show that authority. We ought to have things incorruptible. We ought to fulfill our potentials in this inheritance. Hallelujah. We ought to rule for him. Because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And he has got his authority. But it must be exercised. It must be used. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. He says, rule thou in the midst of your enemies. God is speaking to Jesus. He says, you rule thou in the midst of your enemies. How will you rule? Verse 3, he says, thy people shall be willing. In the day of your power, that is how you rule. Jesus is going to rule through us. He says, in the day of your power, your people shall be willing. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. He says, the Lord has sworn and will not repent. He says, you are a priest forever. After the order of Melchizedek, in the days of his rule, his people are willing. And he says, he's a priest forever. You know what priests are? Priests appear before God on behalf of the people, in being seated on the right hand of the Father, that's what he's doing right now. And you see, in the same vein, we are seated here. We are on the earth demonstrating as him. 
is on behalf of the people that is there. So we are here on his behalf. He's appearing before God as people. We also appear here as him. So we will rule as him. We ought to rule for him. Isaiah chapter 53. We ought to rule for him. We ought to rule on his behalf. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings. Isaiah 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53. It says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened off his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before a share sheep was done. So he opened off his mouth. He was taken from prison, from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off of the land. He was cut off from the land of the living. He, this is speaking concerning the death of Jesus. He was cut off from the land of the living. He says, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. He says, and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he has done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. He says, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grieve. Hallelujah. When thou make his soul an offering for sin, he says he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. Yes, he has been cut off from the land of the living, but he has seen his seed and he has prolonged his days through us. Hallelujah. Jesus' days are prolonged in us. He says, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He says, he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He says, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he had poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressions, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercessions for the transgressors. He said, not only did Jesus die, there is spoil to get, hallelujah. There is spoil to be gotten. There is a spoil of war. There is spoil. He says, I will divide with him the portion with the great. I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. There is something post the death of Jesus. Is our glory. Is our inheritance. Is what we got in God. He has prolonged this. this. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He has prolonged this with us. And they be spoiled together. You see, God doesn't want us weak and beggarly and, and, and going through life not having enough or not getting the things that we need to get done, done. That's not the life of God. He says, after the sufferings of Christ, what else to follow is the glory. There is something to be gotten. There is something for the sake of the church. There is something the church is supposed to do about it. There is rule after this. There is rule after his death. There is something we ought to be doing. In the days of his power, he says his people shall rule. He shall rule down in the midst of his enemies. There is point to be gotten. Hallelujah. And we are blessed already with that. Third John and verse 2. He says, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I pray, I wish above all things that you prosper, that you prosper in all your ways, that you prosper in every way, that your body is well, that you are in health, even as your soul prospers. This is the will of God. This is God's plan. This is, this is what God wants for everyone. And this is what was done in Christ. 
This is what he did in Christ. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Far above all principalities, far above all. That's, without a doubt, that's the truth. But unfortunately, this is God's plan and purpose and, and provision. But not many are living in it as it were. Not many live in the best of it. Is it because there ought to be a downloading of these things from the realm spiritual, from the realms of heavenly places to things physical, where it can benefit and it can be useful unto us? That's usually the fight. Many people know I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But I need to get this done and I'm not getting it done. That's the issue. You see, it needs, things need to be converted from that realm into this realm where it can be useful and it can be beneficial unto us. You see, for this, God requires our own cooperation. He needs us to cooperate with him. See, because God is not holding anything back from anybody. God is not the one holding anything back from anyone. Romans 8 and verse 32. He says, if he spared not his son, he says, how shall he not with him? He says, if he spared not his own son, but freely gave him for us, he says, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Because God does not hold anything back from us. He doesn't hold. The Bible says God gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God doesn't withhold. But you see, just as man gave cooperation to the devil, just as man gave cooperation to Satan and lost that authority and lost this blessedness. You know, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, during the temptation of Jesus, Satan came to, came to Jesus and, and said certain things, um, told him to bow down, um, took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power I will give unto you, for it was delivered unto me. And Jesus didn't tell him that he was lying. True, it was delivered unto him. It was delivered unto him. Who did? Adam did. Adam delivered it unto him by cooperating with Satan as against cooperating with God. Say he delivered it unto him. This is what was meant for all men. All this dominion, all this blessedness. Not having, not having backwardness in your finances is the plan of God. But when man lost it to him through Adam, he says it was delivered unto him. But you see, what he wanted Jesus to do there was to worship him. He says, if thou therefore will worship me, I will give you all these things. Jesus' response must be our response all the time. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. You see, our worship is to God. We must cooperate with God all the time. This is how to, we are going to fake authority over it. We must cooperate with God to be able to download this blessedness that is ours. We must hold together with God. We must cooperate together with God. We must cooperate with the God of this second and the last Adam. To walk in what he has promised and what he has delivered unto us. That thing that he said is in heavenly places, far above, that thing, we must get it. To that inheritance, incorruptible, we must cooperate with him for it to happen. Because outside of this agreeing with him, outside of cooperating with God, we subject ourselves to claim by Satan's rules. The Bible says that he is the God of this world. 
2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4. He, he says, if our gospel be hid, is it to them who are lost, even the God of this world has blinded the mind of them that believe us. Satan is called the God of this world. Ephesians 2 from verse 1 to verse 2, he says, you as a quicken who was dead in your sins and trespasses. He says, it's among whom you walk in time past. He says, you follow the course of this world. You, you follow the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the children of disobedience. He is the one who runs the course of this world. He is the one who runs the course of this world. The prince of the power of the air. He's the one who is running things in the realms of this world. He will play by this realm. We are living by his realm. We are living by his dictates. And you see, he's the head of all principalities and powers in that realm. They are all subject to him. But that's not where God wants us to play because that place is not a fair game. Satan doesn't play a fair game. He doesn't play a fair fight. He doesn't play a fair game at all. He runs time and chance. And we don't have time for time and chance. He runs a time and chance agenda. Sometimes you may get it and sometimes you may not. But that's not what God wants us to do. So what can we do about it? And that's the purpose for today. What can we do about it? First Timothy chapter 1. First Timothy chapter 1, hallelujah, verse 18. First Timothy chapter 1, how do we download these things? These things that God has spoken concerning us. These things that are true. We are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. How does that touch our hands? First Timothy 1 and verse 18. It says, this child I commit unto you, my son Timothy, according to the prophecies which have gone ahead of you, that you by them, that you by using these prophecies, by engaging these prophecies, might wage a good warfare. You might war a good warfare. It says, holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some haven't put away concerning the faith have made the shipwreck. He says, you will take these prophecies, you will take the word of God and enter into a battle and enter into warfare. He says it's a good warfare. Hallelujah. That you may war a good warfare. Why is it good? Because you are already a winner. You already have it. It has already been purchased for you. He says, but you have to use these prophecies and engage. You have to use them and do battle with them. These blessings that you have seen in the, in the word of God, you have to do battle with them. Is it because there is someone that it has been delivered to that doesn't want to let go? It's not God that is holding back. It's that someone delivered it unto him and that thing will be snatched from his hands. First Timothy 6 and verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of it. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on life. Lay hold on life. First Timothy 6 and verse 12. Fight the good fight of it. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you are called and you have professed a good profession before many witnesses fight. He said, This thing won't just fall on our laps. There is something we ought to do about it. The Bible calls it fight. It calls it to fight. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Hallelujah. From verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not strong in ourselves. Lalo was saying that yesterday. Not strong in ourselves. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So what are you fighting? You are not fighting someone that is, that is at your level that you need to beat down. No, you are fighting a defeated foe. You are fighting someone who has all but wiles, but tricks, but here and there, mis, mis, misgivings here and there, lies here and there, lies against the mind, lies against the things that you have, lies that you do not have those things that you need, that you cannot get those level of finances that you need to get to, that you cannot have your needs met. That's what you are fighting. You are fighting that you have. is is really an occupational fight. Like God has won this, but you are just an occupational army. You are standing your ground. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil way, day. And having done all to stand, he says, Stand therefore, having your loins got about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the devil, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He says, You will take all that to do what? Verse 18. Praying always. See, that's how we do it. We don't just pray in the air. We pray with the word. We pray our blessings. We pray knowing that we are blessed. We are not praying to say, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. And that's why we went through this route. We are not saying, God, bless me. God, release this to me. No, it's not God. He's not God that is holding back. He's not ready to hold anything back. He has freely given. You have an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved for you. It's yours. It has your name all over it. But you see, this is what you must do. He says, take all of this, including the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, praying always, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. He says, pray in the spirit. So we're going to do that in a, in a bit and begin to pray these things. He says, because this is how to stand and keep faith. This is how to ensure that you get it all. This is how to ensure that you get it all. Maybe before we pray, first Kings chapter 8. First Kings chapter 8. Hallelujah. Verse 56. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. This was Solomon. This was Solomon's prayer. He, was, he had prayed at this point up to, up to here. He's still praying. He says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest unto his people. Hallelujah. He says, According to all that he promised. He says, There hath not failed one word. Hallelujah. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. There has not failed one word. There has not failed one word of his promise. You see, this is a, this place exists. This place exists. A place where there is not one word that is hanging over your head. There is not one blessing of the Lord that you see in the word of God that you cannot appropriate into your life. That there is nothing, that there is nothing that will fail of one word of his good promise towards you. 
You see, this is what we will do about it. We will ensure that we see it and then we will bring it down. Hallelujah. He says, the Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us. He's still praying. Let him not forsake us. That we may incline our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and keep his commandments. He says, and let this these my words, wherein I make supplication before the Lord, be nigh unto the Lord all our God day and night, that he maintain the course of his servant. He's using this to make a prayer about tomorrow. Because I'm not going to miss one thing. Hallelujah. That's what you're going to say. Not one good word, not one good word, not one of his good promises will fail in my life. He says that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God and that there is no one else. Everything concerning me, everything that the Lord has said concerning me, it will come to pass. That's the same thing because he was not the first person that said this. Joshua 21. Joshua made the same statement. After the, he had distributed the lands to the people of Israel, as done according to what God has said. Joshua 21, 43. And this is what we're going to use in prayer. Both verses. Joshua 21 and verse 43. He says, And the Lord gave unto Israel all the land which he swore to give unto their fathers. And they possessed it and dwelt in it. They possessed it and dwelt in it. And the Lord gave them rest round about according to all that he swore unto their fathers. And there stood not a man of all their enemies before them. The Lord delivered all enemies into their hands. There failed not one ought of any good thing which the Lord has spoken unto the house of Israel. All came to pass. That's what you are going to be saying. The Father, in the name of Jesus, everything that I see concerning your word, concerning my finances, all will come to pass. I will not miss one thing of your word. I will not miss one jot. Not one will fail. You said you wish above all things that I prosper and I be in health. Even as my soul prospers. Lord, I raise my hands today and I decree and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus that all things are mine. Go ahead and pray. Not one word will fail. Not one word will fail. Not one jot of your word will fail. Everything of your good promise. Glory to God. You see, it's about inheritance. It's about inheritance. It's about rights. <laughs> it's about rights. You see, people in some countries say that they, they, they don't want some foreigners to come to them. They don't want some foreigners to take their jobs. They don't want some foreigners to do this and do that because it's our right. It's our inheritance. You see, as much as people don't like that, it's true. As much as people don't like that, it's true. They have some, you look at some people, they don't even have enough qualification. But you are shouting, certain people are taking your jobs. You see, what is backing that is a sense of rights. Is a sense of there ought to be justice. There ought to be something that accrues to me because this is mine. This is mine by birth. This is mine by inheritance. You see, everybody is trying to have some rights. I don't want to say something since because we are recording. But everybody says, it's my right. I'm going to fight for my right. I'm going to do this. This is my right. You cannot deprive me of my fundamental human right. I'm also a human being like you. I do this, though my orientation is like this, but this is my right. People will go out on the street. They will, they will protest. People will do certain things because of rights. 
He said, that's how we ought to be. It's about rights. It's about our inheritance. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. What's he going to pray? Luke 13. From verse 11. He says, and behold, there was a woman who had the spirit of infirmity. 18 years. And was bowed together. And could in no wise lift herself. This woman was bowed. This woman could not raise herself for 18 years. He says, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. You are loosed. Ah, ah, 18 years. You are loosed. He says, he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. You see some people would hunt back. Things like that. This could have even been worse. Even for 18 years, I'm sure the anatomy already had changed. But the woman stood up. He says, and when the rulers of the synagogue asked, answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to walk. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then Jesus answered and said, you are an hypocrite. He says, which one of you on the Sabbath does not lose his horse or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water it? He says, and ought not, that's where I'm going, and ought not this woman, is it not right that this woman, is it normal that this woman is like this? He says, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. You see, it's not, it's not a sentence that is supposed to be put together. Satan is not supposed to bind a daughter of Abraham. But it has already happened for some reasons, like we said earlier. But ought not this woman ought to be loosed? Because you lose your own ass and you lose your boat. It is ought not this woman to be loosed? To be free? To be well? He says, these 18 years, he says, ought not her to be loose from this bond on the Sabbath day? Ought not this daughter of Abraham? Jesus brought a right matter to it. This is the right issue. This is the right-based issue. Ought not this daughter of Abraham to be loosed? He said, we are children of Abraham. We are children of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. From verse 7. He says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith are the same that the children of Abraham. He says, As the scriptures foreseen, foreseeing that God will justify the heathen through faith, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then they which are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Everyone that is of faith is blessed with believing Abraham. Verse 26. He says, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. He says, There is no Jew, there is no Greek, there is no born, there is no free. There is no male, there is no female. We are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And therefore, you are heirs according to the promise. This thing that we are talking about is your own. Is your own by inheritance. Is your own by right. 
He says, because you have received by faith, you are blessed with believing Abraham. This is what you ought to say to yourself. I'm Abraham's seed. I ought to be blessed. I'm Abraham's seed. I ought not to walk in distress. I'm Abraham's seed. Money ought to come to me. It ought to. It ought to. I'm not supposed to be in lack. Opportunities ought to come to me. I'm a son of Abraham. I'm a daughter of Abraham. Hallelujah. Jesus was speaking to that Syrophoenician woman and telling her that healing is the children's bread. You don't take the children's bread and give to dogs. But she was a gentile at the time. But it was all going to come together and we will come to Christ. But you see the mindset. You see, this is our bread. This is for us. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13. This is for us. It's about inheritance. This was a covenant caught in blood. That's how we got it. We got it by inheritance. We didn't get it by wishy-washy and just say, okay, you have it, you are not blessed like that. No. This was by inheritance. Hebrews chapter 6 from verse 13. He says, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Hallelujah. Saying, surely in blessing I will bless you. And in multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had Patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Since for men verily swear by the great and an oath of confirmation is an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. He says, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that has entered into the veil. He says, wherefore the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus, made an high priest forever, according to the order of Mekisele. You see that thing again that we saw earlier? According to the order of Mekisele, God cut this to Abraham by covenant, by an oath. That means if God doesn't do what he's supposed to do on the basis of this covenant, he can cease to exist. He can self-destruct. That is how we got blessed. We got blessed on the basis of, he said that we might have a sure hope. That we who have taken refuge, we might be sure about these things. That by two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. Our high priest has entered already. This is the boldness of prayer. This is the confidence that we must have in declarations, in declaring concerning our finances and declaring concerning things. This is what we must have. It's about rights. It's about inheritance. Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John chapter 14 as we begin to close. John chapter 14 from verse 12. He says, greater works than these shall ye do. He says, because I go unto my father. Because I go to my father, I go to a place of authority at the right hand of the father. He says, greater works than this shall you do because I go there. Verse 13. He says, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the father may be glorified in the son. What is this asking? A lot of people have said and it's correct. That this act is not really begging God. He's not asking to God because of Jesus' response to it. He says, I will do it. The response to prayer ought to be, he will give it to you. He says, I will do it. 
better rendering of this is whatsoever you demand, whatsoever you demand as representatives on this earth, as a right. He says, I will do it. Of course, in the person of the Holy Ghost. He says, I will do it that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He says, if you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Nowhere in that place does he talk about asking the Father or demanding or eat of the Father. We are not placing a demand on the Father. We are placing a demand through the name of Jesus on this earth. Jesus says, I will do it. Not that I will give it to you. I will do it. You see, he has given us all things already. He's not planning to give it to us. He has given us already. We demand it of Satan's control. We demand it of the control of this earth. We demand it from a place where we are sitting in heavenly places far above principalities and powers. Those are the things that we are commanding to let go of our finances, to let go of the things that belong to us because God has released them to us. God has given them to us. We are demanding of all names, of all nomenclature, whether in this earth or in that which is to come, that they release our things to us. We don't demand it of God. We are demanding it of them. And that's what we are going to do in the next few minutes as we begin to close. In the name of Jesus, money comes to me. I am blessed already. God, you have blessed me. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I decree my needs met. I demand my needs met. Satan, take your hands off my money. In the name of Jesus, money runs to me. Opportunities come my way. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and pray. God makes all grace to abound towards me. He makes all grace to abound towards me. I have need of nothing. In the name of Jesus, I have need of nothing. I lack nothing good. In the name of Jesus, whatsoever you shall demand, if you demand, you place a demand on it. You place a demand to get their hands off your stuff. Place a demand to get their hands off. It's your money, it's your finances, it's your good wealth. If you can use the same thing for your health, it's for your good health. It's yours, God has given it. He's reserved in places where you cannot be touched. Reserved in the heavens for you. But you see, you must get it in place. You must touch it in this place. It must come physical. And you see, that process, you must download it. And that is where they try to stop. They try to stop us from getting it. They try to ensure that opportunities don't come our way. Even when we are unqualified, we believe in God who justifies your work. We believe in God who justifies your body. We can have it. What we are interacting with is grace. It's the grace of the Lord Jesus. Oh, our record is that of grace. It's the record of grace. I don't care how much I need. I don't care what it is. I don't care what the opportunity is. It's coming to me. It comes to me in the name of Jesus. I place a demand on it. I place a demand on it. That's how to walk. That's how to fight. I'm a son of Abraham. I'm a daughter of Abraham. 
I ought to have my needs met. I ought to be well. I ought to go with my finances. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God is able to make all grace, every favor, every blessing come to you in abundance. That you may always, under all circumstances, whatever the need is self sufficient. God wants me self sufficient. In the name of Jesus, I ought to be so. I ought to be self sufficient. Possessing enough and requiring no aid or support. Furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. In the name of Jesus, God's grace abounds towards me. He abounds towards me. I have more than enough. More than enough to give. I have more than enough. In the name of Jesus, to abound unto every good work. In the name of Jesus, I'm possessing enough. I'm self-sufficient. In the name of Jesus, all oh, lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. The lines are falling onto me. I have a goodly heritage. I have a good light. I am born as the son of Abraham. I'm come into a time of what God has promised. I have come in the name of Jesus. This thing was bought by blood. It was caught in covenant. It was caught in an altar. Man of of God that cannot fail. Of God that cannot lie. Man of I know that my God doesn't lie. I know that my God doesn't fail. Therefore, I place a demand and say, sit and get your hands on my finances. In the name of Jesus, I will not spend my money on useless things. I will make progress. I will do investments and grow. I will not lose money. In the name of Jesus, opportunities will come to me in their abundance. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I will grow in finances. I will grow in wealth. In the name of Jesus, you give the power to make wealth. You give me the seed and bread. In the name of Jesus, I am intelligent to know what is bread and what is seed. In the name of Jesus, and I, in the name of Jesus, coordinate my life well. Man, the wisdom of the Lord is upon me. My eyes are open. My eyes are open. Praying always with all prayers of occupation in the spirit. Man, talk about Shibaha. I will never be broke. In the name of Jesus, I will never be broke. I will never get to that position where I will not find a way out. In the name of Jesus, angels are dispatched for me. In the name of Jesus, they go forth and get me my money. They go forth and prepare the way.